0: Welcome to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast. In our podcast, we provide support for school leadership in the workplace with a proven approach for implementing social and emotional learning, as it's well known in our schools today, and emotional intelligence in the modern workplace, with a proven strategy to increase well-being, achievement, and results, backed by the most current neuroscience research.
1: I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and former educator who, like you, knows firsthand about stress in today's schools and corporations, along with the effects that this stress has on our well-being, achievement, productivity, and results. In this podcast, we will provide you with the tools, resources and ideas to implement proven strategies backed by the most current neuroscience research to help you to achieve the long-term gains of implementing these success strategies in your daily life.
0: For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit AchieveIt360.com. AchieveIt360.com.
1: This is episode number 52 on igniting personal leadership that builds resiliency and supports those in vulnerable states. Now more than ever, we need leaders to emerge and take charge whether it's you as a parent taking charge of your family's daily schedule or you as a worker navigating working from home. The powerful news is that you can use your own personal leadership skills to build resilience in your brain that will propel you and those around you forward. As we navigate the constant change we're experiencing with the coronavirus pandemic, I think it's crucial that we stop and take some time to think about how we can take our own personal leadership skills to the next level to support those around us, those we work with, our families, and our community. Understanding how our brain works during times of stress is more important than ever. I highly recommend listening to episode 26, Simple Strategies for Overcoming the Pitfalls of the Three Parts of Your Brain. Once we have an understanding of how our brain works, we can use the extra energy we have to build our own personal resiliency model it in our homes and with our family, and then we can reach out to others who might be under more extreme stress and could use your help and support. Together, we are stronger. But first, just a reminder of how our brain deals with stress, understanding the three levels of stress response. Remember that some stress is good for us, We did cover this in episode 29, How to Rewire Your Brain for Happiness and Well-Being to Optimize Learning. Here's a quick review. The Neuroscience of Anxiety, Calming the Basal Ganglia in Your Brain. Within our limbic system, our emotional brain is the basal ganglia, and that, when revved high, makes us feel anxious. Do you know the difference between anxiety so our body's natural response to stress that can become a mental disorder when someone regularly feels unusual high levels of anxiety or stress which is our body's response to a challenge or demand some anxiety is normal and the same goes for stress we know there are three levels of stress response there's the positive level which is mild stress that motivates us to complete our work projects or helps us to find solutions to problems that arise. This type of stress keeps us on our toes in our day-to-day lives and helps us to build resilience, which is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. We all want to raise resilient children and model resiliency in our homes, and we're doing this when we can manage this level of stress. We've all experienced that brief increase in heart rate when mild elevations in stress hormones hit our central nervous system, Something like when we need to speak in front of a crowd or we play a sport or take a test. It's just that nervous energy we also feel before a job interview. Then there's the tolerable stress response, which is serious, but it's temporary and it can be buffered by supportive relationships. The key is to have support systems in place for this type of stress. In the times that we're facing today, many people are unable to get out and connect face to face with people to help manage this type of stress. I've seen news articles about the devastating impacts this type of stress is having on people. If you know someone who might be in this category, please keep in contact with them. Do your best to call them and remember that connecting face to face over technology is so much better than not at all. Then there's the toxic level of stress, prolonged activation of stress response systems in the absence of protective relationships. This is the one we're most concerned about, and this type of stress causes the most damage. I recently learned that after the Hurricane Katrina struck the Gulf Coast in August of 2005, the offspring of people who went through this disaster showed an increase of substance abuse. So we've got to have strategies in place to help us to reduce anxiety and stress so they don't interfere with our day-to-day life. The more we can keep our stress levels on the tolerable side, the more regulated we become, increasing the resiliency we'll have for ourselves, our families, our future children, community and workplaces. A calm, regulated leader can help make others feel safer. We must have these strategies in place to regulate ourselves by using our peers, our friends, family to help support us so that we can go on and extend ourselves to support others who might be in need reminder of some strategies to reduce anxiety and stress these are some common ones number one exercise meditation and deep belly breathing to increase oxygen to the brain if you're looking for some exercise examples be sure to check out episode number 51 with kelly schmidt and if you want a review of some simple meditation exercises be sure to check out episode 25 with mick neustadt Number two, if you can go outside for a walk, research shows that different brain regions are activated when you go outside. Getting into the sunshine increases the production of vitamin D and serotonin and it just feels good. If you can't go outside, look for a window. Number three, zone out and let yourself do nothing while you just let your mind wander. Research shows that creative incubation happens during mind wandering. You're more likely to problem solve successfully if you can let your mind wander and then come back to the challenge. Flashes of insight and solutions to problems often show up at this time, but we've got to be willing to allow for these breaks. And you might have heard some people, I've been watching some of my friends, they're doing some incredible things during this time that they're able to step back from their regular duties. And take these breaks necessary to solve some problems that they might have had to create new products write new books finish those projects that they just didn't have the time for in the past number four don't watch the news all day silence is good for the brain number five mental imagery imagine things that are warming like a cup of hot chocolate if you're feeling stressed or a place that makes you happy like for me I like to imagine the beach or a hiking trail Number six, dietary supplements like fish oil, magnesium, L-theanine that you can find in green tea and GABA supplements are known to help calm the brain. So you've just got to find some strategies that work best for you and keep them in your daily life. For years I've been quoting Dr. Bruce Perry's work when referring to the fact that the amygdala, the part of the limbic system in the brain that's responsible for our emotions, our survival instincts, and our memory, are hyper-responsive, showing an exaggerated response to stimuli in children that come from hard places. So students, educators, parents in the community must find tools and strategies to manage these more extreme levels of stress. This past Friday night, I found some quiet time to clean out my email box, and I came across a video that I sent myself earlier in the week to watch when I had more time and if you're like me it's been a little bit crazy these days with emails coming from homeschooling or online sports emails mixing in with work emails so I almost deleted this video without watching it thank goodness I didn't it was dr. Bruce Perry an American psychiatrist, currently the senior fellow of the Child Trauma Academy in Houston, Texas. He's also an adjunct professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at the Feinberg School of Medicine in Chicago. And he was speaking on a Zoom training call about the importance of stepping up your leadership skills to help others who might be struggling at this time. This inspired me to create this podcast and send out a tweet about his training. And since I sent out that tweet my phone has been going crazy it went off all last night and the whole time I was writing this episode today so with the activity of this tweet I know this message is important and timely so I figured i might as well just put it out now today you can see dr. Perry's video series here in the show notes but I thought I would summarize his main points for this episode and hope to have him on as a guest as soon as possible We want to find ways where we can emerge as the calm leader in these days, keeping our stress controllable, where we are building resilience. When stress falls into the unpredictable side, where it can be at times these days when we're not exactly sure what's happening, it just seems to be changing day by day. And during these times, sensitization happens where the brain sees everything as a threat. And this is where dysregulation happens and this is what we want to avoid since this stress causes physical problems in the body. Research shows this type of stress can even have an epigenetic impact, impacting the well being of our children and our children's children just beyond our own selves, which is really scary. Dr. Bruce Perry reminds us that if we don't find the leadership we need to help regulate our population in these stressful times, We will have a sensitized population where for years to come, there will be a vulnerability in the population and their offspring. To me, this shows the dire importance of leadership needed at this specific time to find the calm within the storm in our own lives so we can be there to help others and prevent this from happening. I'm not willing to compromise future generations because of this mass hysteria, and I hope you agree with me on the importance of helping yourself so we can reach out and help others. Dr. Perry suggests, one, keeping structure because structure builds resiliency. So keep your daily routines. And I find it's been helpful to have blocks of time that remain consistent throughout the day. Like in the morning, we have our meditation, exercise time. We have our time that I focus on my work. Then I have time that the kids focus on their online work and then they do their online sports. And then there's kind of free time at night where we now as a family can do stuff together. So number two, be physically distant, but not emotionally distant. So just be mindful outside of yourself. Continue the activities that regulate you from bottom up. So from your brainstem to neocortex, where your thinking and judgments remain sound and clear. Keep calm and this will prevent you from going to your emotional state of mind where you might not make the best decisions and do things as a family together. So this is a great time in your blocks of time to see are you playing games together? Are you having meals together? Just doing things together and then regulating yourselves, using each other to stay calm, and then finding people that you would reach out to that might need more support. If we can all do our part to take leadership in our own families, regulate ourselves and make decisions from a calm place of mind rather than from fear, we'll be on the right path for building the resiliency our world needs at this time.